Left of Lenin, a socialist news entertainment podcast. I'm your host, Alan, with my co-host, V. Hey guys, welcome. Woo, it's hump day today. It has been a few weeks since we last recorded. That is our fault. We've had a lot of interesting things happening in our life. A lot of uh, holidays, a lot of uh, personal events. Hopefully the next break between our podcast will not be as long. I was thinking maybe give or take like a year or so. Yeah, really. It's quality over quantity. But luckily for us, because we talk about the news, there is no lack of things to talk about. Right. Uh, In fact, it can be a little overwhelming uh, to pick out some of the most important topics. But I think think we have... Like the best of the best in our lineup today. Right. Like like the actual news media, we benefit from drama. So let's get right into it. Yeah, I mean, time, to so play, that we... time to play he said, she said, you know? Right. So the first thing I wanted to bring up is we are recording this the week, the week of 9-11, the 20th anniversary. That's right. I think 9-11 is actually this Saturday, I this believe. This Saturday. That's why I had a pause. Are you the type of person that thinks uh, the, the week begins on a Sunday or a Monday? I'm definitely a Sunday kind of guy. You think you think the week ends on a Saturday? And begins on a Sunday. Begins on a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. I'm the opposite. I think uh, Monday is the start of the week. Well, that, that's, Sunday is the last day of the week. That, that's because I go on the metric system, so, you know, I'm right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I do the Kelvin system. Kelvin, uh, yeah. Better than Fahrenheit and Celsius. John Alfred Roger T. Kelvin. <laughs> but it's actually his name. I believe that. Uh, you believe that? You said that with such confidence. Oh, no, yeah. It's definitely his name. Speaking about Kelvin, jet fuel. Uh, how, <laughs> how hot does it burn? How hot does it so, burn? So, this is the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up. Obviously, we are now leaving Afghanistan with all that drama that's we will talk about soon. But actually, I wanted to ask you, just take a quick little sidebar. Uh, I was in second grade when 9-11 happened. I know a lot of our listeners are actually around the world. They're not actually American. I also know a lot of our listeners are a bit younger, so they might not even have memories of 9-11. So I just wanted to ask you, how old were you when 9-11 happened? Just as a side note, nothing makes me feel older than to realize that people born past 2000 now are old enough to drink. It's really right. creepy. It's it's slow down, people. Come on. Right. Um, I was probably, I'd have to say, in first grade uh, when 9-11 happened. Okay. But that's not to say that I don't remember it happening. All right. So when I was a, a high school teacher, I taught students in, in high school, obviously who had no memory of 9-11 whatsoever. You know, they considered 9-11 the way we consider uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's just something that happened. But, you know, if you were around for Pearl Harbor, like, that was the thing. You that know, was that the was, thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, that was, like, it was, it was you know, uh, the Arizona. You know, never forget the Arizona. You know, mm. it sank Arizona. Mm. Where, um, you know, today, it's, these kids are born, and they're they're reading... You know, a better maybe a better one would be would be uh, the way we think of like the JFK assassination, right? Because uh, when you add like the conspiratorial aspect to it, right, it's like a mix. There are Pearl Harbor conspiracies, but I don't think they ring nearly as hard as like JFK or not. No, the, the Pearl Harbor conspiracies are mainly like did FDR uh, know it was coming and then right. allow it to happen so we could join World War Two to you know help preserve democracy and capitalism and blah 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 etc um etc etc where the jfk uh you know those conspiracies you look at them today you pull them and and people just like 9-11 you know to, to compare them, uh you know a, a lot of americans i think a majority of americans think something weird happened with jfk if you look at the polling and you know a minority of, but a lot of Americans don't believe the the nine eleven story. Not that we're going into any of that, you know. I, I no, I, I, I don't want to get canceled and maybe taken off no, uh, all our streaming no, absolutely platforms. Not. I remember in college uh, there was this this kid who we were all in class together and we were having lunch, and it was it was me, these two girls who would later become I'm really good friends with them, and this other guy who was a friend at the time, and. He leaned over. We were talking about the Boston bombing. The Boston bombing just happened. Right. So it was the two Zarnev brothers who just blew up the uh, 
obviously the Boston Marathon with a pressure cooker bomb in the backpack. And he's like, oh, it's really weird how uh, they're Russian and Muslim, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what, what do you mean? That's weird. Like, that's, that's what do you mean by that? He's like, oh, I'm just saying if you wanted to, to plant something like that, would be the type of person. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what you want from me. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then he leans over and says, I mean, I just, how do we know Osama bin Laden was a real person? Right. Right. And yeah. I, I looked at him like, oh, like I'd never really encountered like someone who believes every conspiracy theory they read online. Right. And that was yeah. the person who swore that like uh, he was a CGI character, that Osama bin Laden was never a real person. CGI and, and character. And he starts going off. Yeah. For the record, now this guy was, was he was off the deep. This, I'm totally in the weeds now. Right. This guy actually looked at me once and said, uh, he was like, do you know why, why Hitler uh, hated Jewish people? Now, I mean, I'm a huge history guy in general, so I'm just, I was just like, uh, right. So you're like into the conversation. Yeah, but I, I have a thing to... where it's like you never tell someone you, you know, like if someone wants to be smart and like tell you like a whole like thing, you let them be like, no, I, I don't know why. You tell me why, right? Because right, right, you right. Want to be pompous, go of course. And he said, well, you see, back when Atlantis was around. Oh my goodness. And I told him immediately to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I was like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm not friends with this guy anymore. This was back in college for like one semester. He dropped out. But, so it was uh, right after the aliens built the Egyptian pyramids that they I'm flew not, over to Atlantis. I am literally not kidding you. He they, had a theory on Egypt. They cloned Abraham Lincoln and then changed his DNA to turn him into Adolf Hitler. You are not far off. I think when Rick and Morty goes into like oh, Adolf Linkler, Jesus. like it's 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 actually like a sign. Like the Hollywood types are telling us it yeah. happened. So anyway, we're we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about all these conspiracy theories, uh, you know, and like the JFK uh, event broke. American society in a way where we still don't believe the story, even if it was. It totally could have been mm-hmm. just one guy shooting president and then that was it, just some whack job. But the fact that no one believes it goes to show that like there is distrust in our political system where people do yes. think the CIA or the FBI are really in charge and the, the president doesn't have all that much power and, and nothing you can say will convince people of that. And what does that say about the country? When you look at 9-11, you look at the conspiracy theories of, well, the, the, sometimes the government just wants us to go to war and it will do anything it needs to. It will bomb its own buildings. It will, and, and there's nothing you can do to convince these people. Right. I mean, I was literally going to say that. It just speaks volumes about the trust we have in our institutions media um government uh you know police and other forces that are there at least nominally to protect you and it's but we also have a lot of those types of examples in modern society like history as it's being made i mean think about all the conspiracies being woven about uh what happened on january 6th and how everybody there is actually secretly antifa in disguise right. trying to like make trump you know supporters look bad it's right. such we, a we fine got line. Broken. We got right. broken in a really weird way where and, now any major event you're going to see this, uh, you know, the, the two narratives or right. three or four, depending on, on where you're at on the Internet, you know. Right. And people like to say the Internet's not real life, but the Internet has real power. It's crazy, though, because I never know how to tread the line of, you know, like there are there is so much criminality in the government. There is like we funded such and such terrorist organization because we want to help out the side in a proxy war so sure. we can show Russia who's boss. Right. And we've admitted it. We're... We've admitted it. It's like uncovered, like unclassified. You know, I, I think there's like a period of time documents have to stay classified until they have to be open because of, I forget what law it is. Do you remember? Right. Um, it, like it's, Public Information yeah, yeah, Act yeah, yeah. or something? Public Information Act. You can, I believe, in, after like yeah. 30 years, all the documents are supposed to be public. And to Joe you learn about credit, like the to, stuff. To oh. Joe Biden's credit, he's, uh, he's trying to uh, release what's left of the uh, 9/11 papers, and a lot of them are I did supposedly hidden to you know save Saudi Arabia's ass because most of the hijackers were Saudi and Arabian, right? Um, on 9/11, but to get to get back to the whole thing, I was saying with um, you know, I had a whole thing of students where it was just conspiracy nut job shit to them, and I mean to go to 20 years, I mean I wanted to go in. So you were in first grade, I was in second grade. Uh, my memory of the day was I was in school, I was in second grade, of course, keep saying that, and I had a first-year teacher, and I remember it was like 9 o'clock and class hadn't started yet, and I was like, oh, fucking score. And this is great, like, like the teacher forgot to start class, mm. you know, and like no one reminder. And I saw uh, the teacher uh, 
crying and hugging another teacher, and I was like, fucking score. Like, definitely no class then. Oh, wow. Right? Like, there's no yeah. way she's teaching now. She's crying <laughs> about something. Oh, you know? it's so nice being a kid. Um, so I remember, like, a, a nun came over the loudspeaker, and she said, all right, nobody panic, which is already... Like, oh, don't start that way. I remember thinking that as a kid. Oh. Like, don't start, but don't panic. Oh, kids are the ultimate, like, reverse psychology sponges. Like, she you have like, to tell yeah. them what you want them to do and tell them not to do it. And that's what, you know, that's She's, how it works. Uh, nobody panic. Your uh, your parents will be on the way. Right. They're here. They're going to pick you up. And, you know, you know, like, your parents are at work. But, no, your parents will be there at work. So I got out of school. And there were, outside the school, there was, like, a four to six lane uh, boulevard. Okay, so it's huge. Right. And nothing but a sea of parents. Right. Standing where these cars are supposed to be. And you get out and, you know, eh, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I, I got, I met my parents and uh, they took me to Pizza Hut uh, and they tried to explain. To, so fucking score again, right? Like, I'm, right. everything's coming up Alan today. Yeah. And they take me to Pizza Hut and they explain that some people just hate America and just hate freedom and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I'm eating my pizza and I get to go home early. Then I watch cartoons the rest of the day. Mm. You know, so I'm like, this is this so your day, perspective is just those days wonderful. You're on cloud nine um, right now. But I, I remember, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. Um, I remember that my family came over the house, and I remember the guy at first tower hit, bam, second tower hit, bam, Pentagon hit. Oh my god, this is awful. And I, I remember my family going, they're going to hit something in Philadelphia. They're gonna, they're gonna hit, they're gonna hit the Liberty Bell. I remember thinking, like, I was in second grade, like, they ain't hitting Liberty Bell. Right. They ain't hit the Liberty Bell. They're not going to waste play on Liberty Bell. I remember, like, as the hours went by, they were getting, like, self-conscious. They were getting, like, well, what's New York got that we don't got? Right, you right, know, right. Like, why aren't we special? Why we, They're not going to hit where the Declaration of Independence is? And it's like, no, they're not going to They're not waste the whole fucking plane, you know? Well, first, um, before you go too far ahead... I, that's the end of the story on my uh, end. I'd oh, like to okay. hear yours, but go on. No, I just wanted to think about the imagery that you've laid out there. I mean, first of all, think about how much of a dumbass everybody becomes when they are in traffic, when they're stressed. Right. Uh, think about how crazy and uh, coked up parents get when it when it comes to protecting their kids and the potential for something bad to happen to them. Think right. about seven lane highways. I just want to see what that scene looked like in person and be like, just appreciate the significance of it and see the chaos that... <laughs> ensued pretty much all across the country and as a response to this i mean what do, what do you remember so i was so i was the type of kid where like you had to put me in a bubble uh or i'd get sick at just looking at something that had germs on it okay. right so i was i was I, I don't know if that was just my parents being overly cautious or i you were a bubble boy yeah i was bubble boy uh, i probably also did you know had have my fair share of the blame where you know, if I, if my toe pinky toe hurt, I'd I'd make I you know okay make it seem like the worst right. thing in the world. Like this is definitely a good reason for me to stay home and not right. go to school. So I was actually home on the day of nine eleven. Okay. And the reason I remember that is whenever I was homesick, I got you know to lay in bed or lay in the couch and just watch TV all day. You know, watch my morning oh, cartoons. I just want to watch my two favorite towers today, and that that'll yeah. make me feel good. <laughs> that'll make me feel great today. Right, yeah, right in between like Yu-Gi-Oh and turn, turn on the news. I gotta see my two towers. Right, right, right. This was in the the age of like TV Guide and right. endless infomercials about things you don't need, and um, and then I guess I was just scrolling through the channels. Uh, I oh, think at I was... least my favorite pentagonal shaped buildings. All right. Right, 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 right. Pentagon. We just learned that one in class today. <laughs> it's got five sides, and wait, no, it doesn't. <laughs> That's uh, on the test anymore. Uh, it's not on the test anymore. Pentagons have been out- Pentagons have been outlawed. Outlawed. So, yeah, there I am, just watching TV, scrolling through the channels, and I come across the news. And it, in my tiny kid brain at that point, like I'm not really aware of like the news or what it means or the significance of it or of what I'm watching. And I think in my mind, I was just watching like a like an action movie. You know, I mean, I've already seen sure. like my fair share of them. Well, the difference between a first grader and second grader is pretty big, actually. Right. You know, just like the difference between a kindergartner and a first grader is actually pretty big. Right. It's kind of interesting how like exponentially uh, you grow in those years. Right. Um, so I'm I'm just watching it on TV. I don't know the significance of it. I just know the next day I went to school, or I forget when it was, but whenever I came back to school, everything was really solemn and. And, and strange right um 
but I, I remember at the time, did not understand the significance, watched it as if it was an action movie. Yeah. I ex- half expected Bruce Willis to show up at any moment and be like, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Right. And then it was, I remember, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember sometime later on, like maybe middle school or whatever, when it finally hit me, like what happened, right? what the significance of it was when I was able to actually process like politics and other groups of people right. and the rest of the world exists and there's, you know, violence that goes on and, um, that's when it actually hit me. So I had this like really delayed effect of like, oh, oh shit, sure. like that was actually a terrible thing. And I watched it live. Like I was watching it happen, right. like crazy uh, to think about. Yeah. So it, there's our experience for the viewers who might be underage or maybe non-Americans. Uh, I, I know it doesn't help you that much because we were obviously second, first grade. We, we thought like, hey, we're home from school. Great uh, type deal. But, you know, the the idea was... I mean, it, it it's a memory that everybody has in this country in the sense that, I mean, you know, what were you doing the day of, you know, September 10th or September 12th? Like the odds are you don't remember, but every American, even like first grade remembers, hey, September 11th, like you, like 2001, what you were doing. Right. Uh, and that just kind of goes to show that like how big of an event that is. Especially because like what I was doing was so mundane. Like there's no, like right. what? Being homesick, watching TV, watching cartoons, literally nothing special was going on that day. And somehow, even in my kid brain, like seeing the stuff unfold on TV was seared into my yeah, head. It, it was the collective shock. It was the collective feeling. It was the, the fact that everybody in the country – I mean, imagine everyone in the United States you know, sharing the same feeling over something. We haven't had that feeling since 2001. I mean, maybe, well, oh. maybe when Osama bin Laden was, was killed in, I think, what, 2011, 2012, um, that was another feeling where everyone's like, hey, all right, hell yeah, we got him type deal. I would even say COVID doesn't feel the same as 9-11. No. Even though, I mean, we, at a point we were having more people die, I mean, from like, right. COVID a day. Than there, yeah, there was like a 9-11 a day for COVID, but I feel like because right. it wasn't just a single spark, the single inciting event, it COVID isn't as gruesome it's not as visual yeah it's harder to relate to exactly and it's happening on such a time scale that it's hard to really get a sense of it's hard to fathom it's all statistical it's not in your face video but so anyway that was 9-11 it's 20th anniversary coming up you know the last few anniversaries kind of america is is not i mean i hate to say it not really cared uh it's kind of fallen into the background I, i really think the 20th anniversary uh and the 25th i think we'll be start being every five years we we start to care again but i think all the in-betweens no one's really going to think about in the same way that no one really thinks about pearl harbor anymore uh no one really thinks of of a lot of events that were big after the the you know uh, a couple years go by in this country especially today where the american memory is you know two months and then you forget everything that happened if you're lucky right because at the pace of events actually political events actually happening here it's impossible right to retain it's possible i mean we're an empire a couple months of, there's yeah. there's events every fucking week that d- demand your your full attention right so 20 years so anyway so I, I know where you're going and i just want to say one thing before we get to afghanistan right. um just to emphasize how significant 9-11 was is that in, it shook our society and our culture so much that it it's we have like language to talk about it we say we live in a post 9/11 world yeah. what else do we describe in those terms you know like, and everyone knows what post 9/11 means you mean uh surveillance state you mean uh war NSA on terror spying, war on terror NSA, you know um, uh, guantanamo bay right fear fear um, of the other fear of what's overseas fear of big brother right and it's even beyond that, There's everybody feels like there's just some sort of vibe. I don't know of a more technical or more accurate term to explain this, but there's just a different aura in America than there used to be. It felt like some sort of innocence was taken away, where like, right. the, you well, had the I 90s, mean, you had the yeah, you know, that 2000s, was, everybody was The idea was that America was untouchable, the idea that America right. was uh, yeah. kind of on the, this pedestal, we got knocked off. I mean, we felt like for the first time in our life... Uh, I imagine a, a person who's never felt pain before, right. and at the age of thirty, you get a bloody nose. You know, imagine how terrifying that would. You'd never forget it, right? Like you've never right. felt pain before. It'd be fucking traumatizing, and the rest of your life, you you would remember that bloody nose. Do anything in your power to, I mean, 
I mean, who knows with your ego and your what you would do? Well, I mean, basically that's what it was. We we people say like, oh, like oh, well, you lost Vietnam, right? So shouldn't that be similar? And the Vietnam was absolutely a time in this country where we were. Look, we've had several times in this country where we, you know, uh, had these uh, bloody nose moments where we uh, had to kind of face our own weaknesses. But right. after Vietnam, like we pigeonholed our memory in such a way that from like seventy five to two thousand one. America really felt like we were untouchable, especially after the fall of the Soviet Union. Right. You have to keep in mind, after like 1991, I think, when the Soviet Union fell, right. I think like after 1991, I think it was like Christmas, uh, America, from 1992 to 2001, we really thought that we were the the only superpower on the planet. Like We, we were the king of art, the king of uh, capitalism, money, king of industry, wealth, king of production, industry, production, king of science, yes, everything, that we were we- the shit. We won the space race. We even though we didn't, but yeah, even though we didn't, uh, we, um, you know, are past these big wars. We um, we literally rewrote history. We rewrote history to make yeah everything like, we did uh, good. At, it, like the middle class actually existed to some extent right. or another. Like, and then after nine eleven, it was it's all different, and that's the only way to put it. Is like there was a before and then there was a post nine eleven. Right. Um, and and to, to go into the, the post 9-11 bit, um, we were talking about uh, Afghanistan on, I think, the last podcast, maybe the one before. And we didn't we hadn't discussed that the Taliban took over Afghanistan again. So in the year 2001, the Taliban control Afghanistan and the year 2021 on September 11th. The Taliban will be in control again, and and the Al Qaeda uh, sections will still be in there. The only difference is Osama bin Laden's dead. Right. The world is. I mean, look, we are we're three trillion dollars. I mean, if you want to add the war in Iraq, both wars on terror, quote unquote. You right. know, we're six trillion in the hole. We're you know almost a million dead uh, on total. You know, there's. Millions and millions of people displaced. We have no idea how many people died. Other, I mean, I mean. Christ, the, the world is absolutely different from the lack of money and resources and people, of course. But for the most part, geopolitically, we just hit the reset. We hit the reset button hard, hard reset, like overnight. Um, I don't think I, I don't think there's ne- anything you can cling to that could say like, oh yeah, no, we totally won that war. Right. I, don't, I, I would love to see. I would love to interview someone that thinks that we won. <laughs> yeah, the Pod Save America uh, show. You know, the liberal think tank pod save america the one guy was like yeah i mean like we surrendered and the one guy was like no no we didn't surrender no we didn't sur- surrender implies that we gave them territory and it's like we did we gave them all fucking afghanistan we did we did give up territory right like what the fuck are you talking about bro right but it's like you know it, it's that american liberal consu- it's the it's the american mush brain it, you, you can't american exceptionalism yes american exceptionalism is nothing we do is wrong we can't brain fail Right. Disease. Smooth brain disease. Um, not not much gray matter there. Um, anything we do <laughs> is correct. It's by definition. Uh, if we do something horrible, it's it's always in the name of you know justice, freedom. Uh, it's always in the name of you know liberty and giving women rights across seas. Except what's that? We just basically banned abortion in Texas and right. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like I mean, God. I mean, at this point. It's kind of too late to do a whole episode on the history of Afghanistan and how, I mean, a quick recap that pisses me off is the whole argument that we have is like we should go back and invade again. All these fucking CNN, Fox News types that we should go in and and we should have stayed another. And, you know, there are people in my own life where I was at a party recently and a lot of people are saying the same thing where, you know, I don't disagree pulling out. I disagree how we pulled out. And it's kind of this, like, that's kind of the, the safe centrist argument that right now. But right. the idea is, like, we should have stayed another year or two, but it's like it's never another year or two. It, it's it, it would have been the same result 10 years from now, 10 years ago, just another few trillion dollars, just a few more hundreds of thousands of lives. Come on, like, let's get through it. Um, but what's really annoying me is this one argument we have. You have to think of the women and children. The women and children. We gotta, we gotta ensure these rights. I, maybe you saw the news article where uh, women in Afghanistan had a protest over the fact that the Afghanistan government, uh, the new one by the Taliban, won't have women in it. 
and all the articles were like, can you believe that the Taliban broke it up by force? They were using uh, tear gas and they were they were beating people with the butts of their rifles. And it's just like, our cops do that all the time. That's literally just happened. It literally mass. just happens in mass in America all the time. That's all we've heard of for the last like year or right. so. But think of the women the... and children. Don't worry about Texas banning abortion right now. But think about the women in Afghanistan. You, you think about – and the other thing is this, right? You go back to the s- late 70s, early 80s, right, when we – the Soviets go into Afghanistan, which is arguably imperialism in its own right. Um, but under the Soviets, women had the right to join universities. Women could wear any clothing they wanted. Um, women could take place in the workplace, as all or most communist countries allow women total right. equal rights. Um, and America decided to back the five or six tribes in Afghanistan that were opposing the Soviets. And one of them was the precursor to the Taliban, who literally was throwing acid in women's faces. And we knew that, and we still gave them stinger missiles to shoot down helicopters and shit. So it's like, and we gave, I remember that. All the original members of Al Qaeda were were trained by us, given weapons by us. We knew them basically by name. Um, Ronald Reagan had the Mujahideen fighters at the fucking White House, you know? And it's just this thing where we knew what these people were capable of. And. We gave them all the weapons. We, we didn't give a fuck how they treated women then. Then we leave after the Soviets pull out. We let the Taliban take over the country then, right? Because we don't give a fuck. Like, let's just walk away. Right. Uh, we don't give a fuck for about it, what Taliban do from, you know, the 90s until 2001. Um, you look at Saudi Arabia, who's our, our biggest ally in the region, arguably. We give billions and billions of dollars to them. You know, we, they have a literal fucking king. Women are treated like shit. We don't care. You look at Israel and the way the Palestinian women and children are treated, right? Right. Uh, in open-air fucking prisons in Israel. We don't do shit about it. So it's just this fucking performative joke. Yeah, I mean, as soon as anybody brings that up that argument, you just have to shut them down and be like, why are we allies with Saudi Arabia? Why did we help Saudi Arabia with the genocide in Yemen? Why? Um, Bringing up Yemen, why do good we, one. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Why do we treat our women here like shit? Like, yeah. It's... Why do we, why do we still not pay fucking women like an even amount? Right. Yeah. You know? Like we don't give a shit. Why Why isn't maternity leave guaranteed to every single fucking woman in this country like every other first world country does? Exactly. You know? It's just theater. Care. It's just theater. It's just a scapegoat for yeah. You know. You know why do uh, women who are being abused? Uh, why don't we have more uh, abilities to get them out of that situation? Give them housing. Help the help their children. Make them feel not trapped, you know. Why don't we have enough welfare gap or welfare state to help them? You know, right? We we don't because we don't give a shit. One of my favorite things about this, I mean, this is all terrible, obviously. Uh, you know, whenever there's chaos, like it's horrible. But uh, one of the greatest things about this is just uh, how all the conservative pundits and everybody in the media is like flipped like a coin essentially on this issue, and they were. Right praising trump when he was talking about how he wanted to get out of afghanistan and you could look back at trump's tweets like yeah. he has a ton of tweets about how you know obama is doing this and that the and most based trump has ever been oh 100 percent. he'd rant and rave about the endless wars he'd rant and rave about the amount of money we're spending there um all perfectly true but we all know he's just lying yeah. he's bullshitting um and tucker carlson like you know sucked off trump every single you know, segment he did whenever he did this type of thing. And and now because it's Biden doing the thing that Trump was going to say he was going to do. And suddenly it's like bad. It's all bad. Oh, suddenly I remembered that this is a problematic thing and I disagree with you. And all these people that self describe themselves as like paleo conservatives, they hate the neocons. America first. Yeah. They hate the intervention. They hate the endless wars and stuff. And as soon as a Democrat decides it's time to leave, it's like, nope, never right. mind. We're, we're no Democrat defenders. We're just saying, oh, no. I, I am pro whoever's pulling out of I would, 100%. Su- I would have supported Trump in the decision of pulling out. He said he wanted out by May 1st. I would have supported him then. When, when Biden said he's pushing it back from uh, May 1st to you know September 11th, I remember thinking, like, All right, well, that's it. He's going to just keep pushing it back. We're never leaving. Uh, and he did. And he gave yeah. defiant speeches about it was the right thing to do. And I, I it was. So I'm all for it. Yeah, I think as leftists, we're principled and, and primarily policy-focused. Right. So Imperialism is bad no matter who does it. Yeah. You know? it's It doesn't matter if you're dropping red bombs or blue bombs or green bombs or whatever. They're bombs nonetheless. Right. Um, so, 
you know, this is the one, like, I like calling out hypocrisy wherever there is any, and um, it just happens to be the case that the right happens to be chock full of it, and it's easy to call out because it's too blatant to ignore, so. Right. But anyway, I mean, there's there's a couple of really notable things about this, sure. uh, this whole Af- Af- Afghanistan thing. The fact that it was, I think, historically, like, the biggest airlift and get Americans out of there is... <laughs> escape operation in history right um, the, the thousands and thousands of, of americans and afghans a day right and the last and, and thing please I... keep in mind you know people are complaining oh we left americans behind left americans behind we've been warning them since like fucking january get the fuck out of the country as soon as possible right. and they stayed right you know, i have no sympathy why'd you stay yeah it's like who goes to vacation in like afghanistan right. i mean come on go to the bahamas exactly like, like how many times do we have to fucking warn you to get out of the country as soon as possible, underline, bold, italic, you know, and they stayed. And now they're like, oh, I want to get out. It's like, well, fuck you. Actually, I'm going to take that back because uh, uh, I don't think anyone should go to the Gulf after we just got hit with Ida, but no. I digress. Um, so so the there's most successful airlift in history is one thing. Most successful airlift in history. There, There's been, I think, some leaks or something regarding us having talks with the Taliban to get safety for americans it really goes to show like one of the guys i one some of the bread tube channels i watched they talked about how like fundamentally the taliban and isis are very different in well right one one's a nationalist force one is a global force exactly so isis is a global force and its goal is to spread its ideology strike terror and fear into people's hearts and do all sorts of stuff like that the taliban just wants their state their country back right they just want to rule afghanistan there's a big difference right the so taliban i mean the taliban have a fucking government that know if we cause too much shit another country might invade us probably china right. would be the next one right know, to, to lay down the law and they don't want that so from their perspective they're more than thrilled to just let the u.s go because i i'm right. assuming like the negotiations... ISIS is fucking things up for them right exactly and that's that's why i i personally i mean i haven't done too much research into this but i i don't buy the conspiracy theory that the Taliban worked with ISIS to bomb Americans. No, absolutely not. Because that that's, goes counter to their interests. No. Um, I mean, look, I'm not one to trust the Taliban in general, of course. Like, neither are you. But like, no, the idea of the ISIS, I mean, just their goals are 100% different. The other thing is, like, you know, uh, people are bitching about, like, oh, why weren't we there to stop ISIS? We fucking helped create ISIS originally. We went right. into Iraq. We never should have gone in. We, we killed Saddam, Saddam Hussein. All right, he's not a great guy, but we had no fucking plan after that. We killed created him. Created a power we, vacuum. Yeah, we create this massive power vacuum. ISIS appears because we pull out. We have to go back the fuck in, right, to, you know, right. get rid of them. You have Trump saying in, like, 2019, like, I've completely eliminated them 100% from the face of the earth. Well, clearly fucking not, asshole. Yeah, you know, right. They just killed, yeah. like, 160 fucking people. You know, I saw a recent like interview with Trump talking about ISIS K, and and I, I swear he was about to go in the direction of like, yeah, you got ISIS K, and then uh, you got ISIS J and <laughs> L and M and N. Oh, and none uh, of them exist under me. And Q and uh, I, I forgot the rest of my letters. Uh, they're beautiful letters, though. They're the best. You, letters. I don't think you'd say Q. I think it's too on the nose. Oh, Q is on. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so we had a ton of successes. Apparently we worked with the Taliban somewhat to get our people out. They wanted to get our people out. Right now, they're promising amnesty to anyone who worked for the government. Who knows whether or not they're going, the former government, who knows whether or not they're going to uh, conform to what they've been saying they'll do. Uh, they said women are allowed to you know, go to school and, and have jobs again. Granted, they're not allowed to work with men or be with the men. They have to have their own separate area. I mean, look, the, the fucking Taliban. You know, they, I mean, look, when they took over in the 90s, they had people enter giant soccer stadiums and killed them in the middle of it as people watched. You know, Insane. they're not doing that right now. Right. Right. They are a different group now, as any group would be after 20 fucking years. Yeah, um, seriously. But. I- it's it's over. Like the war's over. We lost. The media is going to keep trying to bring this up over and over again. Every fucking possibility. And just keep in mind uh, when you see something like oh the women of Afghanistan, you know they got whipped, they got tear gas, they got blah blah blah. It's nothing different than what we're doing. Right. It's nothing different that the government wishes they could do to us. Right. Definitely. Um. I know we want to move on, so just to sum up a quick few more facts, I think are really interesting about this whole like political controversy. Um, so I've seen some polls that uh, Americans are frequently polled about these kinds of epic yeah. things, 
you know, and basically it seems like most Americans, I think a majority, it's around 60% are in favor of getting out. I think it was even in the, it was even, if I remember correctly, they were in favor of the way we got out. They really just wanted to leave as much as possible. Sure. At the same time that these very positive and, you know, pro-leaving Afghanistan polls were coming out, Biden's favorability ratings are dropping like 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 a fly. Well, like, I mean, the media is attacking him on every possible yeah. fucking side. You know, the the was the fourth estate, fifth estate the media. Right. You know, they know what they're doing. Like, as, you know, as a socialist podcast, it's not my goal to praise Democrats because they aren't our friends. They're not our allies. But this is one issue I have to give it to him, despite the fact that he lost the media, he lost the military-industrial complex, all all those generals and CIA agents and whatever going on the media 24-7, right. ranting and raving against Biden. He lost probably a good portion of centrist and moderate Democrats. I mean, think about this, right? We People hate his guts for doing literally the right thing. We just ended a war, and we just raised the Pentagon's budget by like hundreds of billions of dollars. Right. The war is over. Right. And we're still giving them even more money than we're giving them before. Right. Like it's, the power of these people are outrageous. And it's we, outrageous. We do it without thinking about it. It must have been, like, I, I you know, not to conspiracy theory, but it, it must have been some sort of, like, sugar, what, what's it called? Like a sugar... Sugar coating? Some sort of deal that you make with someone. It's like, all right, we ended this war, but here, we'll just throw, like, billions of dollars at you sure. just to keep you safe and happy. Um, it must have been something like that behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to say, like... I get the sense that maybe Biden's doing some calculations in his head and he's going like, well, I'm roughly 9,000 years old, probably as old as the Bible. And, uh, you know, like, might as well do something good I'll for the world. soon, Jack. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Kill me? Like, <laughs> old age is doing it first. Like, so I don't know. Uh, great stuff. I want to see more happen. I want to see us get out of Syria and I- Iraq. And I want to see us just a- focus more on... Yeah, fo- focus more on domestic issues. Uh, give us some clean water, for goodness sakes. Like, So I wanted to do two quick topics, power round, that I've had my eye on. One is the California recall, and one right. is the German election. Talk about some other countries' stuff right now. So you're going to be the, uh, the go-to guy for this stuff. Yeah, uh, I love it. Awesome. So let's talk about California real quick. California is having a recall election. I believe it's next Tuesday. Of course, when you listen to this podcast, it might be tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, but so Gavin Newsom uh, is facing a recall election. Now California has very, as every uh, state in the union has, its own election laws. There is no set law across the board for a recall. Um, so the California Republicans got together. They were super pissed off about Gavin Newsom's mask mandates, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to have a recall, you need a certain number of signatures to turn in to have the uh, the vote in the first place. Um, they got that number. There's a lot of shenanigans where the deadline got pushed back quite a far amount, uh, which is maybe unfair, but who knows? Uh, Gavin Newsom got photographed at a restaurant with friends without his mask, and that just energized the right in a way that no one apparently had seen in a very long time there before. So they're having a recall election. Right. So here's how it works. Every Californian will get a ballot in the mail with a booklet. Uh, the first question asks you, should we recall Governor Newsom? Yes or no? Uh, the second question is, if you voted yes, uh, fill in a bubble for the candidate you want. Now, in the booklet, there are like 40 candidates. Oh, Because anyone can run. So this is how Arnold Schwarzenegger won in the early 2000s. Really? So, Arnold Schwar- so they recalled the, the Democratic governor, and Schwarzenegger threw his hat into the ring. And so did like a thousand other people, including like porn stars, I think Gary Oldman or maybe Gary Coleman. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the actor from Batman. I'm thinking of the, you know, the small kid who had like dwarfism. Oh, you just reminded me, side note, about how, like, recently at a Turning Points USA event, a porn star was ejected because of being a porn star, and she was, like, super pro-Trump and everything, and aligned with their views, but right. it's like, of course, of course. Yeah, you can't have a, a pro-sex like, worker there. And they're, they're like, yeah, you know, this is a family-friendly event. It's like, what is she going to do, strip on the scene right there? Right. She's the problem there she was a woman, and they don't oh, like that. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. Go ahead. How it works is... You so the two votes. If you vote yes, we should recall Governor Governor Newsom. Then it goes to the second question out of the forty candidates. Now here's where it gets weird. Forty nine point nine percent of the state can say no, 
do not recall Governor Newsom. It has to be 50% plus one, right? One vote. So, you know, if that happens, uh, it then goes to the second ballot. So technically, a candidate can become governor with like 20% of the vote. I mean, if you really think, as long as you have more votes than anyone else on that like 40-page booklet. So a Republican can absolutely become governor next Tuesday of California for like a year or two. In fact, that actually seems to benefit Republicans. It's usually that kind of... Yeah, like, no, 100%. So, I mean, Gavin Newsom could have technically 49.9% of the vote in California, and the next candidate can have, you know, 29%, 25%, and they could become the next governor of, of California with that little margin. I mean, they historically, like, always win elections with a minority or, like, the – or not having, like, the right. popular vote, you know? So that's something to keep in mind. I mean, that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger won uh, his first election. Of course, he won re-election. So that's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing I want to bring up is the German election. The German election happens at the end of the month. I think it's like September 22nd or something. So Angela Merkel has been the chancellor of Germany for fucking forever, right? Everyone knows Angela Merkel, uh, chancellor, woman of, of Germany, the head honcho. So, Boss babe, power woman, hashtag. Right. So they, she's the leader of the conservative party in Germany. It's important to keep in mind about German politics, a lot of European politics is like what do we consult, what do we consider like a conservative party is like really left wing, like, right? You know, yeah. so the conservative party of Germany is something that we would consider to the left of the Democratic Party in America. So it's really important to keep in mind in general. So obviously, the conservative party in Germany has been in charge for God knows how long. Germany is like the most important country in the EU, uh, where Germany kind of leads the way; other countries follow. Angela Merkel said she's not running for re-election. So everyone assumes, well, who her successor is, everyone's going to vote for. That is not the case. Uh, Conservative Party in Germany has fucking cratered. Uh, The Social Democracy Party, the SDP, the Social Democratic Party, uh, they're not socialists, they're just social democrats. Uh, They are currently winning 25% of the vote compared to the Conservatives, 20%, maybe lower. I mean, if they go into the teens, that's shocking. Alan, cue the uh, anti-Semitic uh, comments and right, all to, the other smear, down smear tactics as far as possible, like they did with Corbyn. Right. So I mean, that's so one thing about German politics is kind of interesting. Is they, I mean, it makes sense if you look at their history. Uh, they yeah. don't like their politics po- politicians to be energetic. Right. Um, the far that you want a boring politician. And, you want like an Amy Klobuchar, essentially, <laughs> and and you want like slogans like "I'll fix" th- not "I'll fix things," but like a steady hand on the wheel, right? right? Like that's kind of what you're going for in, in Germany. So this social democratic uh, uh, candidate is currently beating the, the conservative party, and so Germany might move to the left for the first time in a wow. very long time. Which, again, with respect to America, means like. I mean, I mean, doing to the job. left of Bernie Sanders would be right. this would be what this guy is is pushing, right? So, I mean, that's pretty great in general for I think the world, um, right? And they're already doing so well. I think my cousin went to school in Germany, barely owed any money. I think he only paid because he needed to live somewhere, right? And everything he did was free. And he he talked to me. I forget what he said. He to- told me a bunch of about a bunch of like perks he had and all this other stuff. I'm like, wow, that's that's so great. So they, they have a, a parliamentary system. Um, right. So that means you have to build a, a coalition. So there's a bunch of political parties. There's the Green Party, who they're probably going to build a coalition with, who's obviously on the left. Um, Are they associated with ours? Is it like an, an no, international I mean, thing? No, every country, not every country, but a lot of countries have a Green Party, and they're, oh, they okay. basically stand for the same type of shit, but right. different ways. The problem with Green candidates is like they don't, you're a one- issue party for the most part and that kind of like mm. brings you down a bit but they're i mean they're polling just as good as the conservatives right now so right. the idea is there's also a communist party uh, a, a legitimate socialist party mm-hmm. uh i think it's die link or which just means like the left right in german um they, they, they used to be the communist party of mm. germany of course mm-hmm. and then that wall fell now they're just die link or whatever Right. I don't know, German. Um, so the question is, who do you build a coalition with? Do you build it with the Greens and then maybe one of the center-right parties? Do you build it with just the left? Um, yeah, there's pros and cons for all of it, right? But the one thing is, for sure, they're not going to build a coalition with uh, the conservatives who have had power forever. 
Right. Uh, and it's kind of neat because you got to wonder what Angela Merkel's thinking. You know, you really led the free world. I mean, when Trump wasn't around, I mean, sorry, when, when you know an American leader wasn't really around, Angela Merkel really did lead the free world as right. far as that's concerned. And it, it's you got to wonder what she's thinking. Like, well, now she's retiring, and the people aren't doing what I told them to do. But also, why would they? Like, right. your successor isn't you. Right. You know, you're not... She must have probably felt a lot of pressure with the buffoon in the White House. She probably thought that, you know, it's on me to lead the free world. He's right. not going to. And, like... you know, she she's very... I mean, there, it's just what is... I mean, it's rumor, rumors on the internet, right? But, I mean, there's rumors about her health. She's older. She wants to retire. Uh, it's one of the most stressful jobs in the world, and she's had it for, like you know, 12 to 16 years or something ridiculous. It's She wants to take a fucking break. Right. And, you know, it, it, it's got to feel shitty to be like, well, I really want to take this break. And now everything I built in this party is kind of like collapsing in its own way. Um, but we'll see. So those are two power round topics I wanted to get through. No, that's awesome. I, I, I like that perspective of like what's going on in the world because I, I tend not to follow those kinds of uh, politics and news. Uh, so whenever you have that to bring to the table, I love right. that. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, we could wrap up by talking a little bit about the um, just like the medieval, like draconian mm-hmm. uh, anti-abortion <laughs> measures taken in Texas right now. Right. right. So um, I've got a nice video clip for that. Okay. That I think will outline sort of what's going on and what the implications are, what the ramifications are of all this stuff. Uh, this is one of those like rare moments that I will actually trust mainstream media because it's an issue that doesn't necessarily affect their bottom line. Um, it's one of those things where like they're very eager and gung ho about social issues because it any chance to um, virtue signal is good yeah, for their any v- chance to perform exactly performative stuff is great for corporations. It's the type of thing where they can look good in the face of the public and they can look good. Uh, for their audience and any potential customers they might have, so this is this is actually some good journalism. It talks about the actual like bill that was passed, um, some of the logistics behind it, like what's going on, the fact that the uh, their Supreme Court's not doing anything about it. It can still be you know tackled in the higher courts. Uh, here it is. Now to Texas, where the impact is being felt this morning from the nation's most restrictive abortion bill. The law went into effect on Wednesday, banning all abortions after a heartbeat can be detected in the fetus, which is as early as six weeks into a pregnancy, and that's before many women even know they're pregnant. And the ripple effects are now being felt beyond just Texas. NBC News reporter Liz McLaughlin joins us now from Austin. Good morning, Liz. So first, just tell us, what's the reaction been like to this new bill in Texas, and then What's the effect? What's the impact on neighboring states? Savannah, women seeking these services are feeling desperate. We're already hearing some stories. Uh, for instance, one woman who is five weeks pregnant, so under the limit, but then tested positive for COVID. So has to quarantine for two weeks, mm. uh, unable to seek out these services from abortion providers, uh, including the clinic behind me. We're at a Planned Parenthood clinic this morning. Another example, uh, one woman took a medication-induced abortion that did not take, very rare, so now it's a high-risk pregnancy. So these uh, phone lines to clinics outside of the state are almost turning into helplines. People are calling, crying, uh, afraid, not sure what to do. Some women don't have the means or time off work to be able to travel out of the state. Uh, For instance, Trust Women's Clinic in Oklahoma usually fields about three to five calls uh, from Texans a day. Now that number is closer to 50. Savannah. Wow. Wow. I mean, that right there, you can understand the impact. Look, it's it's just poetic that people are making like feminist arguments for staying in Afghanistan, but then they're defending this, you know. Yeah, I I I uh, want to stay composed here, but this I wanted to point out that Mexico this week just had a Supreme Court ruling that completely decriminalized abortion uh, across the board in the entire country, uh, kind of flexing on us. So basically, if you're a woman from Texas. You know, you'd rather just drive over the border to fucking Mexico, right? Than go to another state. And it's like, with that, it's hopefully t- that's by the way. I, hopefully that's an option. I hope so. I, I really hope it's an easy thing to do for for women in Texas to go across the border. I know Texas is a massively big state, but you know, without looking into what uh, surgeries cost in Mexico, what their healthcare system is like, hopefully it's you know pretty 
I, I mean, look, the, the hopefulness in Maine is it's easy to go down there. Right. It's it's reminiscent of how people will, in like New England or North Dakota or whatever, will go to cross the border into Canada to get like, you know, like insulin and other prescription drugs yeah, exactly. because it's only like, what, a quarter or it's less like, of a, the cost? An EpiPen's like $7 in Canada. It's like $400 here, you know? Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah. But it's like, you know, with this type of this type of thing, you're either like a utilitarian, a, a consequentialist, or you're somebody who just clings to abstract principles that are just baseless in the face of actual people who are suffering from the consequences of these, of these laws, right? This is going to incentivize so many people to do, you know, like back alley abortions and Ugh. do all sorts of crazy things. And so now we're going to have an influx, an uptick of people who have medical emergencies because they couldn't get an abortion safely in the midst of a pandemic where right. all the ERs are stuffed to the brim with COVID patients. I mean, we're in a, a state, I mean, Texas women are a state where, you know, I mean, trigger warning, obviously, but you could get raped by a family member or by anybody, but let's just make the worst case scenario. You get raped by a family member, get impregnated. And then that family member could turn you in uh, for a $10,000 reward. Right. Like the incentives here are just insane. The incentives to turn you in and then get like money for it. Which, by ridiculous. the way, uh, your scenario is not too far-fetched. I think statistically most people who commit assaults and rapes tend to be – tend to at some po- – in some way, shape, or form know the victim. Well, of course, yeah. It's I mean, either the neighbor or people the, that you know, of course. The gym coach, the – family member right and in fact that like that person could then turn you in for that amount of money and you know texas governor said well i'm never gonna have a woman who, who's raped have a child because you know i'm going to stop all rapists and it's like what does that fucking mean dude like you're gonna preemptively know who's a rapist and stop them before they do it like come on right and it's like the incentive structure there just is terrible nothing stops people from making false claims no uh trying to do whatever they can uh, just to get that money. Um, actually, in fact, uh, they opened up a website that would help re- people like report this stuff. Um, I don't know if we want to say the website on here because there have actually been many groups, even stemming from, I hate to say this, TikTok. Sure. Where just spamming the website. Millions of people yeah, spamming yeah. the website, basically saying the governors. Everyone doing their part. You know, yeah, everybody's doing their part to say like X, Y, and Z is getting abortion. Flooding the systems, trying to bring down the servers. I saw Ryan Gosling at the grocery store type story. Yeah. (laughs) Has nothing to do with... Yeah, exactly. That's what it's coming down to, is everyone just fucking with this website until it crashes. I think GoDaddy took them off, but they'll be back. They'll be back in another way. Some conservative will fund the website. Uh, This is just a moment. You know, we talked earlier about how the American memory is so short. We forget things in a week or two. You look at it around the country about uh, all the voting rights that are being stripped back, pulled back by Republicans. We're going to forget about it in no time at all, unfortunately. Uh, I hate to say it because we put things in a fucking memory hole and it goes away. But this is something that – This is the type of thing we shouldn't forget. We need to nip it in the bud because – I mean Roe v. Wade was, was basically overturned by the Supreme Court doing nothing here. Right, and it's one of those things you got to stop it now before other states become emboldened. Right. And they um, will. And they will. And it's something that you need to fight up front. Um, I mean, the, some of this stuff is crazy. This whole idea of like aiding and abetting. And like if you so much as drive someone to the hospital, what if you don't know? What if right. they just need to go to the hospital? But they also because... don't define what aiding and abetting is at all. It just says aiding and abetting. So technically, what if I'm your therapist? You come to me and I say, hey, maybe – seek an abortion maybe you see a doctor what if i just tell you see a doctor maybe maybe i say hey think of your options maybe right. that's enough maybe uh you come to me i'm your friend and i i give you advice to do i mean what is aiding and abetting you have no idea it's not defined in this law whatsoever right there's that um i mean think about how classist this is you know how many people take ubers or lifts to the hospital because they can't afford an ambulance because uh, we don't have universal health care and everything here costs an arm and a leg so now you know, you're, you, people who want to get abortions, they're just going to accidentally, implicitly get people who drive them there in trouble. It's right. It, it's crazy. The this I. I I'd mean, like look, to think they are, they are 
not saying the quiet part out loud. They're doing as much as they possibly can to make abortion illegal. They know that. It's a huge, huge uh, political boon for them, the amount of donations they get. Republicans have been promising their donors for decades to overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, and, I mean, and here's the thing about how weak the left is. You know, the left gets nothing and the right is willing to fight for what they want. You right. Know, the, the right has been fighting to overturn Roe v. Wade for decades and they're going to fucking get it. The people who quote-unquote represent the left in America are the ones that are like, oh, no, we have to do incremental measures, and we need to listen to the other side, right. and we need to – oh, but we couldn't do it because the parliamentarian said so, and this, and the sun was in my eyes, and oh, I sprained my ankle that right. day, and I needed an aspirin, and oh, I forgot to pass the bill. I'm so sorry, guys. And uh... Exactly. Thanks, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Thank shit, you. We, we lost the House and Senate. Fuck. Uh, well, now we can't do it because the fucking Republicans are stopping us. Oh, but now that we have total power and we have control of every seat, every, right. I every... Mean, the Republicans have the minority rule in this country. They don't, they don't win the popular vote. They won the popular vote once in the last 30 something fucking years in 2004. They haven't won it since 1990, like not 1988 or something other than that. Um, they get fucking destroyed when y- you look at the polling. They get all their laws passed, all their, yep. all their, you know, p- political fights are in mainstream discourse. And then... Republican and conservative news media is so effective at their job. Every Republican's convinced that communism will take over literally any day now. Like Right, and you have to keep in mind that these news organizations are the same type that will be saying, I can't fucking believe that fascism has taken over, that these Republicans have just decided to completely break the game entirely. Uh, but I bet you weeks before that, before that big coup happens with the fascists, they're going to be saying, well, these socialists and communists are getting out of control. They don't poll well. We don't want them in our areas. They they want to take our money. They're un-American. And then they're going to go, wow, how could we stop these fascists? You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, we couldn't have seen this. Could not. Who could have foreseen this? Right. Yeah. You know, and the Republicans are not going to stop. Like they are they are now a American fascist party for the most part. Right. You know? And it's it's not even I wouldn't even consider that a uh, a and I hyperbole. I mean, right. if you just they, look they at the don't policies, care. They're... yeah, they're not playing the game anymore. They know what the polls are. They know what the game is. They know uh, how the electoral system is set up. They're not going for the popular vote anymore. They don't give a fuck. They don't they don't care that they're in the minority. They're going to to do their will on you anyway. As January sixth showed, they are willing to push for it, January whether or not 6th. you like it. January 6th, election conspiracy theories, uh, insane gerrymandering, trying as hard as they can to pass laws to uh, discriminate uh, on people at the polling place, trying to pass ID, voter ID laws, pretty much anything in the book that is borderline legal, sure. they will try to do Even in order illegal. to limit... They, they are yeah. at a point where they do not give a shit because no. they, they did the... January 6th thing. Right. They said, oh, these are great people. Uh, They've emboldened them. The next time January 6th happens, these freaks are going to be showing up a lot better prepared, and it's going to succeed. Right. And, I mean, I'm already driving around. I'm I'm commuting to work. I'm going home. I'm seeing my fair share of Trump 2024 signs out there. So, it's not over. I mean, those people are militant. Militant. Those people are willing to go to the mattresses for fascism. Right. So it's our job and, you know, the job of many people out there to try to build up the left to be as militant because what what's the alternative? To be as uh, communal in the sense that we need to come together in a organized way to make a movement that will look at fascism and be anti-fascist. Right. It's one of those – it's kind of funny though when you think about it. Like I think the reason conservatives glob together so well is because their whole ideology is based upon shutting your brain down and being afraid of everything. And so it's really easy to get them all to like do what you say and do what you want because they're in a state of fear so they're not thinking. Whereas every leftist is like an intellectual and thinks they know how to do the left better than anything else. Anybody else? things it's harder to love things right it's easier to turn your brain off than it is to really analyze uh the modes of production and, and how they yeah are so entangled and intertwined into our society what a commodity is and how it works and um you know how the power dynamics between you and your employer and 
and right. society as a whole. Just, just consume. Just consume. Just right. consume product. Enjoy the new Simpsons movie. Yeah, so I think it's always been an uphill battle, but um, you know, like like we said in the previous uh, podcast episode, I think you know after Bernie's first run, I'm 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 feeling more emboldened. I'm feeling more hopeful. Um, I think the people are ideologically on our side. We just got to push um, push push someone through the uh, through the goalpost there. Right. The question is, are building. we are we entering a period where people want the New Deal, or are we entering a period where you know, people want a more fascist. Uh, want someone to blame, someone to persecute. Right. What period are we entering in in the circle of history again? It's all cycle, right? Are, are Boom we and bust. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. So I think that was a great episode. A lot of fun talking about uh, a lot of riffing this time. Yeah, uh, we got to interject some of that stuff. We, we got to do that. I feel like uh, a lot of stuff going on in the world right now is generally sucky. Right, playing um, catch up. Playing catch up. Uh, there's definitely a lot of other cool things going on. Uh, some minor news that I think is noteworthy, but you know we'll throw those in every now and then. Hopefully the next episode won't take three or four weeks to release again. God knows we had our uh, uh, our shit in our own lives, but... We'll try to keep our lives yeah. as boring as possible back for our audience. Back to a audience. normal schedule and... Uh, Hey, maybe uh, by the time the next episode comes out, we'll talk about what happened to Gavin Newsom in California. All right, here we go. All right, folks, have a good night. Fingers crossed. See ya. Me and my wife went all over town. Everywhere we went, the people turn us down. Lord, it's a bourgeois town. Ooh, it's a bourgeois town. I got the bourgeois blues. I'm going to spread the news all around.